0: Me coming up next, my you the podcast.
1: Jones, Baby Fish, rest in peace, um, we went to trial, and also another one I'll our co is Cow Tongue, we went to trial and we lost. Mm-hmm. Me and Baby Fish, being that we had the most bank robbers we was fighting, we ended up getting 84 years. Yeah, it was attempted murder, and it's crazy because um, I was at the house one day, and one of the homeboys came and got me and, and said one of the homies was fighting around the corner mm-hmm. with some older dudes. And so at that time, being I was fresh from the hood, I want to prove to these dudes that I belong, that I belong here, you know, because that's what it's all about. A lot of people game-bang and do the things they do to prove to another man yeah. or another person something. But so he came and got me, and by me wanting to prove myself, he really was coming to get my pistol. The mindset to get out and rob banks it was like, it wasn't no movies, it was just one of the homies got the game, and. Gave the game to us, and so I missed the first wave, so when I got out,
0: It's like, oh, I got, can't miss, I'm on that. And yeah. the homie
1: gave me the game, took me up under his wing, let's go. Mm-hmm. And once I started changing my mindset and my heart, that's when things started happening in my life. You know what I'm saying? Them talks with my auntie became more frequent. Mm-hmm. I started believing in myself. Mm-hmm. I started believing more that God was there and God was gonna find a way to help me
0: mm-hmm. get home. In a legacy, so watch how you step to me. know what's in here? There ain't no comparison, stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant, consistent and discipline. Getting that paper and stacking it up on no time for no chillin', man. Building a legacy, so watch how you to me. You know what's in here? There ain't no comparison, stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant, consistent and discipline. Getting that paper and stacking it up no time for no chillin', man. Yo, what's going on y'all? You're now tuning to the Inherited Podcast. I hope y'all are having a blessed day. Thank y'all for also keep coming back, tuning in and watching Inherited Podcast. So, But today we have another special guest, um, Mr. Eric McKenna, motivational speaker and at youth risk prevention. So today we're going to do is um, like per usual, get the backstory and get some real motivation. And I feel like this podcast here is going to be very important one for our youth. So if you got a a teen, a younger child, and if they are around you, if y'all watching you try to bring them into the room, and I guarantee it's gonna be a lot of gems and a lot of motivation is gonna come out of this podcast. So again, hope y'all loving and tune in. So I'm letting him introduce himself and give him some background. So how you doing, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Um, Eric McKenniff born and raised in South
1: Central Los Angeles. Um, so I'm 50, almost 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been I've been through some things. You yes sir know, um i've been through some things i i recently was released from federal prison um about 23, twenty three, twenty twenty two 22 months ago um, in which i did a 26 year sentence and um, i'm just blessed to be home man i'm blessed to be home and i'm out here in the communities now just doing the work and speaking to young men and even young women mm-hmm. you know um, about the consequences of certain lifestyles
0: you know Yes, sir, yes, sir. So before we get too deep into it, before I start the pie, right, just to do an icebreaker, okay? I'm gonna pick a card from this deck. Okay. I don't know what it's gonna say. Unless it got mixed back up, then I know one. But if it is, I'm gonna throw it out. But it's gonna be a um a question on this deck. Nothing crazy or whatnot. So we both gonna answer it. And you'll go first. I'm just gonna pick one. Okay. And we're gonna see what it say, man. We're gonna see what it say. So let's see, let's see. All right. Um, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> If you could undo one moment in your life, what would it be? Jazz's Probably a tough one.
1: the day, really the day in which I started game banging. Mm-hmm. If I can do that all over again, I would. And um, because you know, a lot of us when we're young. We we have the talent within us. We just don't tap into it. Facts, you know. And 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 I used to love baseball. That was my mm-hmm. my first sport. And um, I always tell people, had I not started game banging, I probably went to the major leagues.
0: Mm. That's how good I was. Damn. Yeah. She's okay. Okay. Um. For myself, let's see if I could undo one moment in my life. What would it be? Um. And that's still kind of hard to answer. Of course, it's like you don't want to live with any regrets because everything we do set us up to where we are now today. So, mm-hmm. But if I just had to choose, uh, it will probably be, and it may sound crazy, but probably going to college right after high school, knowing that it wasn't for me. Yeah. But again, me going there, living me to meet great people, built great relationships, but just knowing the fact that I was never a person of wanting to do school and stuff. It's not high school. I guess I got past it, but it was just, that just wasn't where I was at mentally at the time. But of course, growing up in the household, usually that's the usual path. High school, college, get a job. So I went and did it anyways. But again, I don't regret going, but I just feel like if I would have Stepped into my entrepreneurial journey when I knew I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, things would have been different. But again, I, I don't I couldn't kind of really change that. But if I had to just answer that question, that's what it would be. But um, so that was a good actually a good question to start off this conversation. That's why I said when I picked it I'll say it was crazy because the fact that what everybody be talking about, yeah, is just like you're gonna be speaking on a lot of past things to where mm-hmm. you may not have agreed with and then mm-hmm. where you ended up to now. So, but just to get some backstory, right? So just take us back to young Eric like growing up in your household where you came from like what was that like for you family wise and just the things you were into so just take us back to your order story in the beginning so how was that for you
1: yeah well I grew up in a single parent household um my mother raised me and you know my father he he was in the military so he wasn't around a lot and and he had already established a whole new family by the time I was born Mm -hmm. and so uh, my mother pretty much raised me um Raised me in the Jordan Down Projects in, in Los Angeles, um, Watts, Was California, mm-hmm. and um, you know, young as as young um, adolescent, I was pretty much, you know, I was a mama's boy and hmm. spoiled so, to death because I was the only child, still the only child, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and and so my upbringing, it wasn't as bad as the normal child who was growing up with you know, three or four siblings in the house and they got to fight for shoes and and Mm -hmm. food and all of that stuff. I'm not going to say it was all bad like that. However, you know, growing up in that environment, especially in Watts, California, you're exposed to some things and you see a lot of things Mm -hmm. going around in the projects, you know. Um, But once again, I was privileged to where, being that I was the only child, my mother provided me almost everything that I wanted until I got old enough to want. Bigger and better things, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, but childhood, like I say, um I played baseball, you know, I was good at it as a young man, and you know it was really the ordinary you know upbringing mm-hmm. so to speak, you know um but until i and until I started becoming infatuated by the streets, that's mm-hmm. when everything
0: started changing from normal to you know abnormal yeah. behavior. You know, mm-hmm. so once um, what age were you when you really started? Or how they say jump off the porch, right? So when did you really start seeing? Okay, this stuff is going on around me. My my environment. We all all love to say we sometimes we are a product of our environment, and Absolutely. some people may agree, and some may disagree. But I'm the one who agree, right? Absolutely. Just for me growing up, it was just I had the opposite. I had both parents in the house, mm-hmm. but it was like. Not saying pops was missing, but we was growing up in such of a way that we had to try to survive. It was just not the ordinary. You have both parents and it's just that wholesome household. It was just all my siblings. I have three siblings, right? Everybody was out trying to get it and do what they were doing. So yeah. with me being the youngest, the baby, I, me going outside, that was my I, I never wanted to be inside of the house. And because of that. I got exposed as well to some of the things, gang banging and sending out oh, wow. all the drugs and this and that. So mm-hmm. because I was never inside, it was just my environment where I was at, it heavily influenced me to do certain things that I probably either knew I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. or if I didn't have to go through some kind of struggle, I probably wouldn't have to end up doing. But So for you, at what age was it to where that stuff kind of got a grasp onto you and how do you think it... um? It transformed me at age. So, what was that? What is? What was that process for you?
1: Yeah, well, I, I started just seeing things at thirteen and fourteen, mm-hmm. and, and and becoming infatuated by the lifestyle. But it wasn't until I turned fifteen that I actually, you know, joined my neighborhood and and was in the streets. Mm-hmm. Started hanging in the streets and banging and selling drugs and whatnot, or what you know. Um, but um, sh- no sooner as I got put on the hood. I say, probably like only three months later, I was already in jail. And, Damn, you know, I was in juvenile hall, um, fighting an attempted murder case. Just that quick. So as soon as I jumped off the porch, that's how quick I was incarcerated. So at know? that age, the at age, that age, how that happened? At that yeah. age, you know, God, um, right before I turned sixteen, I believe, um, I was, I was in juvenile hall fighting attempted murder mm-hmm. and um you know i ended up spending all together almost two and a half years um i fought my case for 10 months and then the other 12 13 months i was um in a a youth prison it's called y- y- YA, is our california youth authority which is a prison for young men and mm-hmm. you know i was there and did my time there and and that's where I started really just turning up as far as gang banging, because it's like everybody there was gang related.
0: Yeah, know? I can only so, imagine
1: that. So it was like, you got to survive. You got to you gotta fight, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so so I went from there, ended up getting out. And um, when I got out, I was around 18. Mm-hmm. And you know, coming home from doing time in, in youth authority, you come home like a young OG. Mm-hmm. Everybody respecting you and you come out with the notoriety the nor- notoriety and just, you know, the reputation,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: for representing the hood in jail,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. All all senseless, all foolishness, but that's that was the culture. Yeah. That was the lifestyle,
0: you know yeah so, what do you think, um, I know you said growing up, like your mom raised you right, and your dad was in the house well, was he there ever there or was it always you nah, didn't he was never there um I spent time with him at his home mm-hmm.
1: um occasionally, mm-hmm. um, but I was supported by the military. The military gave me a check every month, mm-hmm. you know, so that's really when I mean, when it comes
0: to him just being a father, figure in my life, I didn't have that. do you think that kind of played a part to, as the why? Either you were searching for something or it was like, okay, I'm one, you're the only child. So just imagine if you do have other siblings, you could have been in the house maybe a lot more with them playing this and mm-hmm. that, but because it was just you, it was just like, I know pretty sure mom had to go to work and then it was, you just left here to, mm-hmm. hey, what I'm about to do, so let me go outside and get into this and that. But do you think not having your father there kind of led to a lot of what you went through or was it just, just purely off of just, again, my environment and circumstance?
1: Well, partially, yeah, because, um, like I always tell people, like if you're growing up in a single parent home, then you're really bro- growing up in a broken home mm-hmm. because it's not whole. It don't have both parents, mm-hmm. so it's broken. And not having my father there, it it it, it enabled me to really um, learn things from a father figure, you know. Now in regards to siblings, not having siblings is the excuse that I use to get in the streets and make the homies my siblings. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So yep. that was the excuse I used. Like I ain't got no brothers and sisters. I'm bored. I'm going outside. And and then I started hanging with other guys in the neighborhood who were affiliated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At first I was affiliated by association mm-hmm. and then I became just, you know, a product of that environment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Representing that that neighborhood. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah, so not having a father in your household
0: definitely puts you at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. out the gate, in my opinion.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, um, I know you say you was fighting a murder case at that age. Are you able to talk about what happened? Just to give as much backstory as you can? Yeah, it was attempted murder. And it's crazy
1: because I did a podcast with one of my homeboys uh, about a month ago Mm -hmm. and we was talking about an individual and I told him to give him my number. And when he called me, he reminded me that that case was about him i had forgot what it was all about but um to to just make a long story short Mm -hmm. so to speak um i was at the house one day and one of the homeboys came got me and and said one of the homies was fighting around the corner Mm. with some older dudes and so at that time being i was fresh from the hood I want to prove to these dudes that I belong, that I belong here. You know, because that's what it's all about. A lot of people game-bang and do the things they do to prove to another man or another person something, which is crazy now, looking back in hindsight. You don't have to prove yourself to nobody Mm -hmm. but yourself and God. But so he came and got me, and by me wanting to prove myself, he really was coming to get my pistol. I was Mm. like, nah, I'll be over there. So I jumped on my peach my beach cruiser and rode over there. For those who want to know what a beach cruiser is, it's a bike. Yeah, I was like, I, I got a hat on growing up. Yes, for sure. <laughs> jumped on my bike, went over there, and um, you know, I engaged the guys and you know, one thing led to another, and I started firing rounds and I chased them in the house still firing rounds. Mm. Fortunately, I'm thinking back now, fortunately. No one was killed. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, because it was babies in that house, and I feel Sheesh. bad about that, horrible. But fortunately, no one got hit. None of the babies got hurt, mm-hmm. you know? And I can only imagine if something would have
0: happened to one of them babies. I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. That's you know? a fact. That's It's like stories like those. We got so many, like, and just speaking into these this generation today, right? Mm-hmm. And again... I love listening to music and et cetera. But of course, at our age, we are mentally tough enough and mentally saying to know, to separate entertainment from reality, right? But the youth today, it's as if they don't fear any consequences, but they're so quick to like, for instance, what you just said you did to them, it may seem, it seems normal to just say, okay, somebody got an issue. Let me just go grab a pistol and go take care of this and just Mm -hmm. whatever happens, Mm -hmm. it happens just because they want to either like you said, prove to their social group that, oh, I ain't no hoe. You know, I, I'm down yes. the ride with, yeah. with the homies and yeah. stuff like that. But it's just, that mindset is just put upon our youth so much that it's just mm-hmm. so toxic to where they're, I don't, I, w- I, w- I want to know how to change it or how to, to help them out. But because the forces are against us, it's just so tough. So how do you, what do you feel about that? And how do you feel like, what is the, I guess there's, I don't know if there's a, a a good answer or a key to do it, but what do you think could help out to try to, to change that mindset of just uh, being influenced and just say, I'm doing this for this guy who probably don't care nothing about me because if something go down, mm-hmm. how many phone calls are you going to get? Who put money on those books? Or who gonna come? Who writing you a letter? Who's sending the kites and all this yeah. and that? So yeah. how, what, how do you feel about that and how do you think it can be prevented? Yeah, so first I got to say that
1: this era right now, these mm-hmm. young men out there right now is on a whole different level, man. And and one of the reasons I believe that they're so gun ho and um and so quick to shoot is mm-hmm. because it's like they feel hopeless right now, mm-hmm. you know. And and I don't think they're getting the love that we got because even though I was in the streets way back when, I still got that love from my home from mm-hmm. my mother. From my, from my cousins mm-hmm. and, you know, but they're not getting that love. And and I think that with that love missing and that lack of understanding missing, they get that mentality that I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And once you get that I don't give a fuck mentality, then that's how you begin to live. Mm. And that's how they living out there. They don't care. They're reckless. Mm-hmm. They don't care about um, seniors. I remember we used to care about seniors we used to care about kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't care no more. And so um, that's a big problem. And and compound mental health with that
2: because yes, I believe sir. there's a
1: lot of mental health going on in these communities. You know, because a lot of these young men are products of parents that were on drugs. Mm-hmm. So they come out the womb screwed up, mm-hmm. you know, with, with mental health issues and other kind of issues. So I think that, in order to, cause I don't, I, this is a tough question in regards to how do we solve it? I'm because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm out there, and and I hate to think that there's no hope. I hate to think that we can't help them. But it's we tough can't though, right? Save it's... Them, but it's hard, mm-hmm. man. So I try not to focus on how many. I just try to focus on whoever i can help whoever mm-hmm. i can save no matter the number mm-hmm. you know because you really can't put a number on it because some of them just and i hate to say it i'm just going to say i'm not going to say can't some of them don't want help yeah some of them don't want to change because they're so far gone in that that illusion mm-hmm. that this lifestyle is 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 um, the end all be all? Got him in a chokehold. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because of what they sing, and I don't want to blame the music, you know. But like you say, some people can't separate themselves from the lyrics. Mm-hmm. They can't just listen to the music and say, okay, that's just art. That's yeah. just entertainment, you know. They want to listen to the music, and especially
0: this drill music and they oh just about they, to that. <laughs> and they want to go nuts cuz they say oh this is uh this is my slider music. I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put on some dirt when I'm ready to go on my missions and stuff. So they yeah. they have those mindsets of oh, yeah. This is the soundtrack mm-hmm. to my life to go do mm-hmm. the negative stuff I'm doing, but it's just like also, I don't know if you agree or not. I just feel like a big part of it it starts at home with the parents cuz I see a whole Absolutely it's like nowadays okay you already don't get to get to see your child if your child is in school right growing up you wake up if you even do this get them ready for school you send them off for those eight hours in that day they're at school you're at work once you get off and they get home from school either you're prepping the home for a dinner this and that this and that and your kid again come home if they're doing their homework if not they're outside you're still not seeing them mm-hmm. Once they come back inside, I guarantee as a, as a parent, especially if you're working hard, you're tired, you're ready to wind down and go to bed. And when their kids come inside, like how much attention are you actually giving them to speak into them, check on their mental health? Like, mm-hmm. hey, son, daughter, how was your day? Uh, mm-hmm. When they respond, so how did that make you feel? Just stuff like that. I don't, I'm don't. i not a parent myself, so it's like I'm not trying to speak as a parent, but it's just seeing what's going on. I feel as if that that part is missing to help the youth Go on a straighter path instead of just, I want to be my child's friend, they best friend, I'm the cool parent. It's like, it's so much of that and less of, again, I still agree with, well, I, not say I disagree, the whole soft parenting era, I get it, like you approach your child with a sense of empathy and and care, but, spread a rod, spoil the child, Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in it. Like, it's just, it teaches consequences and I just feel as if kids, they don't know or understand what a true consequence is. Like, if they don't know that, they're just gonna go out here and have to bump their heads and and figure this stuff out on their own. Like I expressed to my friend, just I think of ways is where I wanna teach my kids when I have them what a consequence is. because I think that's the key to making a decision to doing X, Y, and Z outside of just influence and not wanting to look like the lame or the crew or the one who, the scary one or the nerd. But just mm-hmm. saying, like, like I say, I have just a a scheme of I'm gonna grab a lighter for my child and light it up and, like, look, do you think this is hot or not? And uh, depending on their response, it's like, okay, are you really the child got to touch this flame or can you see and know that flame is hot? I don't got to touch it. So I'm gonna just move from there to show, Mm -hmm. okay, do you really got to know that to feel this consequence or can you just psychologically understand it? But I just feel as if it starts at home from the top of the food chain in your household, just and prep them as much as you can, right? Because of course, once we're out in this environment, you can't control what's coming uh-huh. away. For me, it was just that. My parents did the best they could. But once I went outside, mm-hmm. it was a whole different world. Like, yeah. and I yeah. can explain to people to today, they wouldn't believe like some of the stories I would tell. Like that was going on. Like if you yeah. went outside, you wouldn't know. There isn't yeah. So much that goes yeah. on in your neighborhood oh, that just can influence you to. Join this game to steal this uh mm-hmm. let me go jack a car you, and you as a as a child you may feel this is just what's going on this is this is this is the fun we have but not knowing if you get caught by these adults the consequences jail time absolutely for sometimes life in jail or this absolutely. and that but I just feel it absolutely. starts at home but again and just bouncing back on your story right so I know you said you got out from the juvenile at eight was eighteen mm-hmm. so right before
1: I turned eighteen like. Like, one month before I turned 18, so I was, yeah, I was 18. That,
0: that was, you was in there for a while. So, just speak yeah, yeah. about, as just, for you youth is watching this, right, what was your experience like, for one, in the juvenile um, correction department, and then mm-hmm. post, once you got out, what happened with you then on?
1: Yeah, so, really, man, those juvenile halls, those correctional facilities mm-hmm. for young men and adults, man, that... They're made to rehabilitate you, but they don't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't do that at all. And my experience in California Youth Authority, it was it was we used to call it Gladiator School. Oh, shit. You know, <laughs> so you go there, you fight, mm-hmm. you represent your neighborhood, and you come out just a a harder game member. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's the sad part because. We got to start catching these young men in these juvenile facilities. And, and and this is something I'm trying to do right now. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get into these juvenile s- facilities. I, I teach a course at the DeKalb Juvenile Justice Center right now um, at the courthouse to young men that's on probation. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to get into these juvenile halls because they need guys who's been there and done that to get in these juvenile halls and aware of them of what's to come in their future Mm -hmm. because it became a cycle for me because as soon as I got out of juvenile hall, within three months, I was in state prison. And the catch-22 to that was when I was in the juvenile system, I was going to adult court. That's where I was tried as an adult court. So when I took my three-year deal in adult court, they allowed me to do my time in juvenile facility. Mm. But at that same time, when I was sentenced, they gave me a state number along with my juvenile number. I never knew that until I was violated They were already preparing my future. They already knew that they had me, and it won't be long before I'll be in state prison. So they gave me both Sheesh. numbers that day that I got sentenced. And I didn't know that until I violated my um, juvenile parole, and they sent me straight to the penitentiary.
0: Jesus Christ! The system is so yes. jacked up, and the fact that you said about was it being impactful for was the government built all these facilities, right, to mm-hmm. rehabilitate. But mm-hmm. everybody's story is just there is just zero rehabilitation. It's zero. just, and that's a way you can just understand this fact that it's all about that money. Mm-hmm. It's about again getting people inside of that soccer because it's just, if you really want to see somebody do good. You can re- rehabilitate them. and again. I was in the military, right? And okay. I, and when I went there, it changed me so much, as far as learning that discipline, consistency, yeah. just yeah. that knowing, well, doubling down on what's right and from what's wrong, so and, and what the principles they stood on is. You can it works, but you just want to. You have to want to be able to want it to work. But in a, a juvenile hall in the prison, it just seems as if. It's just a uh just like you say, the gladiator school or a nursery or a daycare until, mm-hmm. all right, we'll see y'all next year when y'all come back yeah. and this and that. And it, it just sucks the fact that nobody cares to really rehabilitate these people because mm-hmm. they people can't people can change, but yeah, they just absolutely. need the the guidance, the influence mm-hmm. and the right courage to help mm-hmm. them change again, even though it may be not saying far off, but I think about it all the time. I would love to start a prison, but to actually have it. You come in here, you go, you're going to get help. Just I get it. It may be state funding this and that, but the metal beds, the one mattress, the dirty mm-hmm. environments. Mm-hmm. What do you think is gonna happen to a human being and locked inside of those cages for all these years in that environment? So why not just, whether it's level one or two, give them a comfortable bed to sleep in. Mm-hmm. Give them. Give them good food to eat, like actually letting them know I care about you and I mm-hmm. want you to come out of here to heal. Whether you come back or not, mm-hmm. at least you know it's like I experience some kind of healing, I experience some kind of, of of change in this place, but it just baffles me to just know the these state penitenties of they, the they do right. not care. And you know the crazy thing about it, not to cut you off. No, you good like,
1: and in reality, a lot of, and, and and I'm about to really just say something. Go ahead, people man. People probably not even, they're going to be like, you crazy. After all that time you did, you said that. But when we're out there, because just be honest, we out there living like savages. Mm-hmm. We out there committing animalistic, heinous crimes. And we out there just, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. running amok. So, therefore, when they lock us up, Mm -hmm. they put us in a cage, thin mattresses, you know, all that. Really treating us like the animals that we were behaving as. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, is it right? No, it's not right. But one thing I definitely agree with you on is that... They need to implement programs mm-hmm. that's really going to rehabilitate us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because if you want to break us from our animalistic ways or whatnot, you don't treat us like an animal right. because we're going to come out more aggressive.
0: And a big one. Because <laughs> of
1: how you guys then caged us in. Mm-hmm. It's only a few men that come out of prison. Well, I'm going to say more than a few, but compared to the numbers, it's yeah, just a masses, few of yeah. us that come out here And change our lives Mm -hmm. because we wanted to change. Not because the system changed us. Mm -hmm. Not because they rehabilitated us. We rehabilitated ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We changed ourselves. So, no, it ain't no rehabilitation in these systems, Mm -hmm. in these prisons. We got to want to help and want to change ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And for family members that's in society and got loved ones that's locked up, you all could be a part of that change.
2: Yep.
1: You know what I'm saying? My auntie was a great part of my change because she continued to believe in me. Mm-hmm. I originally had 84 years when Sheesh. I went to the feds. I know we didn't even talk yeah, about that yet. you don't yet. get to that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But my auntie was that person that con- constantly and continued to believe in me and helped me believe in myself, mm-hmm. believe that it wasn't over, that I can you know, still accomplish things in life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So family members definitely going to have to love on their loved ones when they're in prison because a lot of family members be like, man, I ain't got time. I told you when he was, you know, out there running them streets. But even if it's just a letter, Mm -hmm. even if it's just accepting a phone call, because when you don't do that, you harden their hearts. Mm -hmm. You harden that heart and they become institutionalized. So now they're in there thinking about other ways to, to commit crimes when they come home, if they mm-hmm. come home.
0: You know what I'm saying, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's like, so do you feel as if, like just amounts to what you just said, when they think about committing more crimes when they come home, do you think some people are really just like, regular society has nothing for me, so I, my new society is jail or prison, so let me, no matter what, I've built so much of a, a life here, other gang members here, think, do you think they really are aiming to get back in there as fast as they can sometimes? I like that you asked that question because there are are
1: convicts, ex-cons, or whatever you want to call them that they're lost when they're out here. Mm. Their comfort zone is in prison. So a lot of them, they might not intentionally go right back, but subconsciously Mm -hmm. they're already... On their way back because mm. they're still um, still have the same behavior traits, still doing the same things, committing mm-hmm. the same crimes, you know. But I I didn't hear stories about brothers coming back and, you know, like I'm back home. This is this is where I'm. This is my home.
0: You saying they coming back to prison? Yeah, when they come back to prison, Sheesh. this is
1: my home. This is they comfortable like that. You know what I'm saying? Because they become so far institutionalized that when they get out here, they can't function out here.
2: Mm. That's, this this
1: right here is abnormal. The, the free world is abnormal to them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why it's important to love on your loved ones. It's important for men that's incarcerated to stay in communication with this outside world. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I survived. And I'm able to be here on your podcast with you and talk to you mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, have a, a sane mind mm-hmm. in doing so. You know what I'm saying? Because I continue to tap into the free world when I was in prison mm-hmm. I didn't become institutionalized I didn't become hard at heart mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and I continue to read and I
0: continue to grow mentally spiritually you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and that's what it's about yeah that's a key part and that's, that growth part man it's like again if you don't have that support mm-hmm. it's all about that that will you have inside of you to mm-hmm. just something snap and say hey man this ain't it but mm-hmm. it's it's very hard to to purge that out of you when you just don't have the resources and support, like you said. So what, what was your um, support system like um, going through your juvenile stage and prior to you getting, going back in at 18? So did you have, was it just your aunt or no, you no. had multiple well, avenues? Well, during
1: that course, it was it was just my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother when I was in juvenile. Um, and then of course, I had a few friends that were mm-hmm. writing me from time to time. Um I've always had people in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I was, cause like I said, I went from juvenile to state prison. I had people in, in my life in state prison. I did 18 months in state prison. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, But but the thing about juvenile hall and state prison, I wasn't ready to change. Mm. I already had, I still had that mindset that, I'm representing the hood. I'm finna get out here gang bang. I'm finna be out here, get out here and be the man in the hood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even when I got out of state prison, the homeboys was passing, robbing banks. I'm like, I'm finna get out and I'm finna pass and I'm finna rob some banks. Mm. So, so I wasn't ready to change. My, my mindset was on doing wrong and how to get better at doing wrong mm-hmm. instead of how to get better as a human being, as a man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My priorities was all screwed up back then.
0: Mm, that's that's what, So what But what do you think like to have that you you are you locked up, right? But to still have that mindset of when I get out this is like, I see how I'm living in here and I see it is I got to well, quote unquote fight for my life every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what do you think made you just want to still not care about that and to get out and just say hey back to, back to the usual back to square one. Like what was the Again, was it something missing? Was it just the the lack of love? But because that's to the to the average person, right, who doesn't care about like mental disability or whatever, they may just feel as if, bro, that sounds crazy as hell. Like, why would you want to do that? But there's something, there's something behind it, whether we can figure it out or not. But for you, what do you think it was? Where you just didn't give it down and say, when I get out. I'm still on this type of this is I'm on this time right now. You think what do you think it was? You just took the words out
1: of my mouth though. It was insanity. Mm. It was crazy. Shit, man. it was crazy. Because when I look back, I ask myself sometimes, "What were you thinking? Yeah, what the hell were you thinking? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?" And and I would probably say that. The time that I received prior to going to the feds was really a slap on the wrist. Mm. Me, to 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 a person that's to a person that's crazy, really, because one two days is a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I can't stand a day or two in prison. Mm-hmm. But the way we our minds are programmed when we're in them environments, it's like. Two years, five years is not a lot of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, it, it you yeah. know what I'm saying? Even when I was in the feds, if you had anything under 20 years, that was love. Shit. That's the insanity of the mindset of people, of criminals. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That's wild, bro. And the system has programmed us in a way to where when they given us these 20s and, and, and these 10s, we're okay with that. Yeah.
0: Compared to somebody getting, like you say, a 60 or a 80. Is it yes, that? because
1: they're giving away hundreds of years now. Shit. Man. And I'm going to tell you how much time that I had got in the feds originally.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so let's get to that, right? So after we got out of 18, uh, you went back to prison. Is this when you got that time or is this a before no, that? I got eight, 18 months in state prison. So what happened then to lands you back in prison for
1: those 18 months? Um, I violated my... Um, My juvenile parole. Okay. I violated my juvenile parole. They gave me a straight year. Got into the state prison, screwing up, messing up, and turning that year into 18 Mm. months. Okay. Yes, I got an additional six months from just, you know,
0: misbehaving and Mm. acting a damn fool. So when you got so you got out after that, so what was Life like there in between that gap before you went back again and got sentenced for the long period of time. Yeah. So like I said, when I was in
1: state, I was calling home and the homies was passing and hitting banks and doing all kind of things, mm-hmm. partying and you know, driving nice cars and mm. you know. So I'm thinking like, ah. I'm finna get out there. That yeah, FOMO fear, yeah, missing I'm finna get out there, man. And then I already had my 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 guy. He resting in peace now. My co-defendant, um, my, actually my best friend, David mm-hmm. Jones. Um, he already told me like when you get out, it's going down. Mm. So I was already ready to get out and pass. And within two weeks, I was already I was passing. You know, I was running up and shit. Jeez. Yeah, and, and that lasted um ten months. I stayed out ten months and the feds came knocking on my door. For know? something you had done within
0: them ten months or yeah. something prior? Nah, for, for that that ten month stretch. And was... so you really didn't even get to experience just the the freedom of being like ten months to that's not a long time. Well, as a of course as a child, a ten month span, that's probably long as hell. But as an adult, just looking back, oh, no. that ain't no time at all. No. And then, especially
1: come from staying out two and a half months, almost three months from
0: mm-hmm.
1: juvenile and going to state prison, mm-hmm. then getting out of state prison and staying out 10 months. It's like, you know, that yeah. again, that's insane, you know, but the lifestyle that I chose. Mm-hmm caused me to get caught up into that cycle mm-hmm. that cycle of going to prison mm-hmm. but that time the feds said you know what we're gonna lay you down
0: so what mm-hmm. happened there so um if you can talk about that what led them to pick you back up now how did that sentence and go and then express yeah. as far as the time you guys again if somebody is listening just listen to this mm-hmm. story because it's if you want to get caught up in this i mean so a bit. but you got resources like eric here to help prevent a lot of what y'all may be going mm-hmm. through. So just express that and what Absolutely. happened. Absolutely. So,
1: you know, still not changing my mm-hmm. mindset. See, the mindset is everything. And if you don't That's change key. your mindset, then you continue to do the same things. And when you still do continue doing the same things, the same behaviors, the same results. You're going to get the same results.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So not changing my mindset, I end up getting out there, game banging. Mm-hmm. But then I added bank robbery to my repertoire. Mm. And I started passing and robbing banks. And um, eventually, whenever you're doing anything wrong, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to you. I thought I was slick as oil. I thought because I wasn't getting caught in the act of anything mm-hmm. that I was good, you know. Mm-hmm. However, they came knocking on my door because eventually, and this is what a lot of people don't realize, eventually somebody's going to tell on you. Yeah, and, and and in this day of time, they got cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing you can do. That they don't know about, and Mm -hmm. if they ain't came and got you yet, that's just because they ain't trying to get you yet. They building that case. They building that case. (laughs) That's what they failed to realize, and and that's what the feds did with us. They tried to build the case and they tried to get us in the
2: act, Mm -hmm. but
1: they never could catch us in the act. So they end up coming to get us, Mm -hmm. you know. And me and my co defendant David Jones, Baby Fish, rest in peace. um, We went to trial. And also, another one of our co-defendants, Cal Tongue, we went to trial and we lost. Mm-hmm. Me and Baby Fish, being that we had the most bank robberies, we was fighting, we ended up getting 84 years. My Shit, other homeboy, Cal Tongue, he ended up getting um, ten or 10 or 12, but he only got found guilty of one robbery. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... You know they laid us down, man. Um, I was just before I turned 22 when I when when I the feds um, locked Damn, he me was up. Young. And and David was just before he turned 21, I believe.
2: Mm. So we was
1: both young. And the crazy thing about it is, I had already been in prison, I had already been a youth authority, but David had never done any time, and they still gave him 84 years. Yeah. And Dang. we didn't even kill nobody. But at the time we got sentenced, they sentenced us to 65 years on gun charges, which mm-hmm. is called 924Cs, where you get five years for the first one and then 20, 20, 20. So they stack the gun charges on us and in 95, they can do that. Mm. So we got 65 years just for having a firearm in a commission of a crime. Mm-hmm then 14 years for the actual bank robberies and then five years for conspiracy. So they enhanced (laughs) us for the firearms, gave us more time than the actual bank
0: (laughs) robberies. It's just so wild how the system, even though like, okay, y'all did did what y'all did. And of Mm -hmm. course those consequences are coming, but it's just how they throwing out these calendars and stuff at people. Like I got a, I got a, a friend I grew up with, right? He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, And they would think they were the guy he was with. They were on like carjacking somebody, but of course they had a gun on them. Nobody got hurt, nobody got killed. None of that. It was I I can't just play it off as a simple, but it was it was a car robbery, a carjacking. Mm -hmm. But he got sentenced to thirty five years, and he didn't. He was just there to do it, and it's just seeming like you can kill somebody and sometimes get less time than that. Yes, and it's I don't. I don't understand it as far as how the system is made up and how it works. To just say, "Hey, he's a cold blooded murderer," let's just get him five to ten or whatever. But these guys here, they were they were just committing crimes, but giving out eighty five years. So once you, well, before that, so just back to the bank robberies, right? Mm-hmm. How did how did you get into? Of course, outside of the, the gang life and the banging, that mindset of. Let's go rob a bank. What prompted that? And what like do you, pre- like uh, and for the because people watch movies and get yeah. inspired and want to yeah. live that life. Yeah, you had to plan for it, make a scheme, this and that. Or y'all just like, and we on a mission, we on go. Let's hit this bank. So what is that mindset to want to go do that? And how did it work out? And you know what's crazy, it wasn't even movies
1: that 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 made us get into robbing banks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember right before I went to state prison. I had got word that one of the homies had passed and he was like, look, I got a new wave mm-hmm. and, and you know, we're going we to start passing on these banks. Somebody mm-hmm. gave him the game. And so I was supposed to go out with them on a Monday, but I ended up catching my violation on the Friday. Damn. So I wasn't able to go out. But this, the crazy thing about it is, so I'm, I'm very spiritual. I believe in God. Yes, sir. And even though my relationship back then wasn't strong with God, but God was always speaking to me or doing things to prevent me from really getting in the trouble that I got in, Mm -hmm. but I didn't listen. Mm -hmm. When God gave me that violation and stayed prison, he was telling me then, stay away from that. Mm -hmm. Because I was supposed to go out that Monday. I got locked up that Friday. So I didn't listen. Yeah. I got out, started robbing banks, and got banged out 84 years. But he was telling me that I didn't even listen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the mindset to get out and rob banks, it was like, it wasn't no movies. It was just one of the homies got the game and gave the game to us. And so I missed the first wave. So when I got out,
0: it's like, oh, I got to, can't miss. I'm on that. And yeah. the homie
1: gave me the game. Took me up under his wing. Let's go.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I'm saying? And we started passing. And a lot of people say that's crazy. And it is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's why we got all that time, really. Because they letting us know, like, okay, you got the audacity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to run up in our shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. Here, hold this. Take this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's... It's not normal. Yeah, the behaviors that those behaviors are not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, that mindset is not normal. It's it's insane, mm-hmm. and we want to complain when they bang us out. Mm-hmm. But if the tables was turned, what would you do?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because you are a threat. If you got enough balls, enough courage to run up in. A government facility, then you're a threat. Yeah, you should be man enough to sit down. You and, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, did I deserve the time that I that I received? Did David deserve the time that he received? No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe twenty would have taught us a lesson. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I knew, or well, I learned my lesson after the tenth year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: After the tenth um, year, I was big. like, ah. Oh. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't until my 12th year that I really started changing my mindset. Mm-hmm. You know? And once I started changing my mindset and my heart, that's when things started happening in my life. You know what I'm saying? Them talks with my auntie became more frequent. Mm-hmm. I started believing in myself. Mm-hmm. I started believing more that God was there and God was going to find a way to help me mm-hmm. get home. And... Once that happened, once everything started coming together, bro, one thing for certain, God knows your heart.
0: Yes, sir. Know that You prophecy. know what I'm saying?
1: And once he realized that I was ready, because that's another thing, God ain't going to change your life unless he feels you're ready. <laughs> Man, he can say that again. You that's a me? fact. And, and, and once he realized I was ready... He started testing me, and he seen that I was ready. Mm-hmm. That's when, in 2018, my faith changed.
0: Mm-hmm. They it, changed the law. Not to cut you off, but it's like I express to people sometimes when they just always on a banter of, like, man, I want this success, I want this, I want this, I want that. But why would if you if you're a believer in Christ, God, or whoever, whomever God you may believe in, but mm-hmm. just speaking on just Jesus Christ and God, right? Why would He? put you in a position of unreadiness and expose you to what you're praying for every day and you're not ready because it can turn you into a monster. It can, mm-hmm. it, it expose who you really are in your mindset at that time, times 10, mm-hmm. excuse me, once you reach this level of quote unquote success mm-hmm. or, or financial success. So why would he do that to you knowing he's a loving guy, you're his child? Why would he put you in that position? So just knowing the fact that He's not gonna give it to you until you're ready. It's not that he don't think you deserve it or mm-hmm. or you're not worthy of it. As a people, we gotta really just sit down and evaluate ourselves and understand: like, am I really, am I really ready for yeah. what I'm praying for? Yeah. I want a million, but how am I stored in this thousand? Mm-hmm. How am I stored in five hundred? But I'm praying for all this major changes and this and that. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. sit down and self-reflect. Like, if I woke up tomorrow and I got Everything I'm asking for, will I, will I uh, fly like a bird or will I fold? So it's just mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. preparedness and that readiness, what Absolutely. you said about that. It, it's the truth, man. You just got to sit down and reevaluate, but still keep keep that faith and keep praying. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. God knows what he's doing. It may Absolutely. take time, but he knows Absolutely. what he's doing, man. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. it's wild. And you got to be honest with yourself, too, Yes, huh?
1: You got to be honest. You can be mad all you want, but if you're honest with yourself, then you really can't be mad. Mm-hmm. You understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because you know, and and I know I wasn't ready when I wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. You know, because if I would have got out 10 years prior, Mm -hmm. I probably went back to the hood. Yeah. And been the man in the hood. Mm -hmm. After doing, what, it would have been 14, 15 years at that time? Yeah. You the man.
0: Yeah, you done got that repertoire and everything right then. I would have went to the hood,
1: probably ended up getting smoked, Mm -hmm. or probably been back in prison. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready. So Mm. fast forward to 2021 or 2018 when the laws changed, Mm -hmm. I was ready. Mm. I was ready. And and the crazy thing about it is, so they changed the 924C statute within that first step act that um, Van Jones and a few other um, groups came together. They was fighting for the crack law at first. Mm. Donald Trump ended up signing off on it.
2: Mm -hmm. So...
1: And I say Donald Trump name just to say he signed off on it. Now look where he's at now. You know what I'm saying? In that, yeah. Where he, he's fighting. And 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 not only that, but his team is saying, oh, the system is not fair. Mm-hmm. So Steve Harvey said something the other day on the radio that was that was so true. The system is only not fair when it's against you. Yeah. But we've been telling y'all the system has been unfair
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: what I'm saying but um so when he signed off on the first step act that changed my fate. Mm-hmm. that ended up getting my census reduced from 84 years to 30 years mm-hmm. and you do like roughly like 26 off of that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying because it's all about percentage yeah so you know and but that was the right timing mm-hmm. because now. I come home and I don't go back to the hood. Mm. I come here to Atlanta, Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Because my mindset changed, my heart changed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That,
2: that life is
1: no longer me. I had really cleansed myself from that lifestyle, mm-hmm. and it took time. And it started in
0: 2012. Mm. That's a long. It started time. in
1: 2012. I didn't get out until 2021. But it took. It was a process because I had been so damaged, I had been so like tainted. And, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying with that lifestyle. So it took that long. When you living and walking a certain way for so long, it takes even longer to get, get it out, out, of out of your out system. Yep. You know what I'm saying and become back to the person that you innately are. I always tell people like when I was in the streets, when I was game banging, I was a little fishbone, mm-hmm. right but I became little fishbone because I practiced being little fishbone. I practiced committing crimes and doing the things that the homies was doing, mm-hmm. but that wasn't innately me. Yeah. I was really a good kid. Mm-hmm. And now I'm so happy to be Eric again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Eric is that that's good beautiful. kid. Eric is that <laughs> humble being. Eric yeah. is what you see today. Eric is the guy that's in the communities walking in his purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you said something earlier and in regards to change, I'm living proof that you could change. Mm-hmm. But I didn't change to somebody different. I just changed back to the person I was supposed to be.
0: Yes, sir. It was it was always always in there. Absolutely. It wasn't going nowhere. It's just the decisions we make can make us believe sometimes. No, this is who I'm supposed to be. This mm-hmm. this this life here is me. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. When you sit back and have that self awareness, and again, like I say, you, sit yourself down, look in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know who you are. You know what you used to love growing up. Mm-hmm. You know your spirit, but we can just be derailed sometimes Absolutely. and Absolutely. forget our identity. But again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. going back to Christ, you will find your identity in that once again. So just yeah. taking that that period of just self reflection and focusing on mental health, focusing on self-care, it's very important. Mm -hmm, One, mm -hmm. not just speaking on, to be um, singling people out, as men, right? Mm -hmm. Our responsibilities sometimes are so grave, we gotta pay attention to our mental health and just our
1: who we are on
0: the inside, because we're here for a a, a strong purpose, right? Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. And it's the big part is, you gotta be tough up here, Mm because this is where everything starts, your thoughts, Mm -hmm, your actions, mm -hmm, and it processes mm -hmm. everywhere else. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. taking care of that is very much key, man. I just wish, That'd be expressed more in society and um, in these mediums of how we receive information. Of just do the self help, and yeah, life yet life can be about having fun and enjoying yourself. But what's the point if you're not wholesome in the an inside, or mm-hmm. if you're not mm-hmm. if you are, if you're a broken person? That's why you may see a lot of people get success, but they're committing suicide. Yeah, they still yes. they're not happy they're inside. Not happy. So no dollar amount or no. Notoriety can just overdo your personal well-being, your mental well-being. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just going mm-hmm. through that process of personal development and change, absolutely. I'm a I'm a big advocate for that. Because mm-hmm. it, it, myself, I wasn't always this person. Yeah. I mean, of course, like I said in the beginning, yeah, but yeah. life changed me. Things happen, but just knowing like I'm here built for a bigger purpose, I'm here oh, for for greater things. Let me just sit down and focus on self. Let me just block out all the distractions and just say. Yeah. Let me pick up more books and read. Let me sit here mm-hmm. and work on my own, my walk for God and grow mm-hmm, that. Of course, mm-hmm, it may mm-hmm. not be perfect now, but at least just taking those, taking the initiative to do it. That, that's key, man. That's key. But not to, to on that a lot, but again, that your life and what you've been through, you could have given up so many times. Oh, you could have sure. just said, you know what? This who I am. I'm going to continue to do this. But you actually took those steps to to become a better man. So prior to um getting out of prison from that long sentence that they're giving you, what steps did you take to to um outside of being your mindset being changed while you was in there, what step did you take to just double down on when you got out to get you on the path that you are on now as far as giving back to the youth, speaking to the youth. So what was that like for you? So prior to getting out, I like I was doing a lot of
1: reading, mm-hmm. meditating, and like you said, just constantly just working on my inner being, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, working on my mental and my, spirit, my spiritual, but to be honest, it's like being that I've received uh, the great blessing that I received from God, mm-hmm. I have no choice but to give back, mm-hmm. to walk in my purpose, you know what I'm saying, I have no choice. Um and and briefly, one of my prayers when I was in prison, I remember it was right after I started just changing my mindset and stuff. I prayed to God that um, I'm able to go back to my church home one day. Mm. And I visualized going back to my church And that I was baptizing in Watts, California and to just speak to him. Mm-hmm. And in 2022, um january i was able to go to that church home and speak to him
0: that's a blessing and
1: and and so now back to your question in regards to what made me just want to get out and help is because i have no choice Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i found my purpose now it took me a minute to to start because when i first got out of prison i had to relearn society Mm -hmm. today's society I had to learn the cell phones of this day, this era. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to learn just self-checkout at the grocery store and, you know, all the passwords you got to use when you're getting apps. And mm-hmm. I had to learn so much to where, okay, let me learn these things. Let me get myself together. Then I can help someone else. Mm-hmm. So it was only probably eight months ago, six, eight months ago that I really started Getting more serious about the work that I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, and what I mean by getting serious. At first, I was speaking here and there, but now I'm actually involved in some yeah. things. I got three mentees right now that I mentor. Um, I'm teaching a course at the Decab Juvenile Justice Center on ag- anger management to to young um, men that, that's on probation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on my own curriculum. I've been presented with an opportunity to bring forth my own curriculum at the Decab Juvenile Justice Center as well as Fulton County. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm working on that right now. Um, and um, just just really just being there to speak to them, to teach them as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I to answer your question again, I just didn't have no choice. Yeah when God gives you a purpose then you got to walk in you it got to walk in <laughs> it you know and he's been blessing me though mm-hmm. since I started walking in my purpose he's been blessing me with different opportunities look look how I'm blessed to be on your mm-hmm. your podcast and we didn't know each other at all but <laughs> God worked through other people that we know to yep. bring us together because of the purpose mm-hmm. Because of our hearts and what we're trying to do in regards to the at-risk youth, I don't even like call them at-risk youth. They youth with promise. Yeah. Because all of them have promise. It's just about men like us bringing it out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, s- just sparking something within them to turn it around and 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 you know start living and 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 going after their dreams and their goals, mm-hmm. giving them new hope and new vision. Just Boy, a spark. It just it. take a spark. Mm-hmm. And I hope today by them listening that we're sparking, you know, putting yep. that spark in
0: as many as we can. That's the goal. And I feel like you can. said earlier, we may not be able to touch the world of the masses, but as long as you can change the heart and the mindset of one person, mm-hmm. not saying it's good enough, but it, if you can change one, that one may be the one to change millions. But yes. you just yes. got to get into the brain of just somebody and just help them to like that switch gonna click, but mm-hmm, like we get mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's even with therapy. I, I go to therapy mm-hmm. and get help. Just having to just hearing somebody speak into you and ask you certain questions, that's what you need sometimes. Because you may not be in a mental state of saying, I can conjure up these ideas or change, but somebody asking you that one thing and just mm-hmm. boom, like, oh mm-hmm. man, that's true. And from there it's off to the races for change, Absolutely. man. But Absolutely. again, that, that's that's the whole purpose of the course like with this podcast, right? So with inherited, I'm I'm building upon um, legacy, inheritance, consistency, and discipline, right? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like we are all here for a purpose and whatever we're doing is bigger than us. Like yeah. we have to leave behind something mm-hmm. to the youth and the future generations to help mm-hmm. them change. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the whole getting out of mud narrative It's I mean, yeah, it sounds cool, but let's kind of change that and just allow them to have a foundation to build off of focus. Starting from zero, mm-hmm. generation after generation after generation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help us at all to do that. So let's leave behind the, the mindset of build something for your kids. Let, pass down more of the money. Pass down wisdom, knowledge, mm-hmm. understanding, mm-hmm. love, courage. Like, Absolutely. all of that is included Absolutely. in inheritance Absolutely. and a legacy, right? Absolutely. So we just got to think about what we're doing and what we're saying and who we're doing it for. Like, we can't die with everything we possess. It's about who's coming up below us. There, mm-hmm. the world gonna keep. Once we gone, this thing gonna keep going. Oh, absolutely. It's gonna keep absolutely. going. Absolutely. So we gotta just absolutely. play our role and be mm-hmm. responsible in doing that for the youth. But before we do get up out of here, right? Again, so a kid, a young man, a young female, even maybe watching. So and not to just step back, but I like for you to just to leave, like with, leave them with the word of motivation and wisdom, but just. I want them to get the real truth and the real grit, and so maybe they can see and open up. So, can you just explain to them before you give them the, the advice what was prison like? What is it really like in there? So they cannot just think is this is just I'll ah, be cool. So just um and and talk to them. Just explain to them what it's like, and after that, just get them to get, get somebody a uh, an encouraging word to help try to prevent them from going and ruining their life. I'm gonna tell you firsthand, like.
1: Prison is nowhere you want to go. You know, yeah, you see it glamorized. You see the 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 people, you know, getting out of prison and, and representing that, that false, like, you know, sense of notoriety or um, you got stripes because you've been to the pen, but they don't really tell you the real on what goes on in prison. Um, It's by the grace of God that I survived prison. But I lost a very close friend of mine who went to prison with me, David Jones, Baby Fish. He was murdered in 2006, December. Murdered because of a riot we had in prison. He didn't make it home. And so you thinking you want to go to prison? Everybody ain't guaranteed to come home from prison. Everybody ain't as blessed as as I am. To come home and carry on a, a a life after prison, you know. So, my advice to you, man, um, I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you one thing: that that lifestyle, being in the streets, doing wrong, out there committing crimes, gang banging, all of that, it only leads to two things: death or prison. So, you know, and 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 going forward, I just want to say, um. In each and every one of us, there's something, there's a talent, there's a gift. You may not know that talent and a gift right now, but just believe that there is a talent and a gift inside of you. And if you can just tap into it, if, if your family members can help you to discover that, if you just pray about it, ask God to reveal it to you, it's in there. And, and I guarantee you, once you realize it and you begin to just move towards that and move forward with your gift and your talent, you can find success. Your success don't have to come trying to be in the streets because that's not success. No matter how much money you make today, it can be gone tomorrow because it's not accomplished or, or gained um, the right way. You know, I thought I was the man I was robbing banks, had a lot of money, but I woke up one morning, and I didn't have none of it, and I was in a cold cell. So grind hard, but grind the right way. Figure out your talent, figure out your gift,
0: and proceed that way. That's powerful, dog. I, I hope if you were listening to that, if whether you're a parent or you may have kids, pass that message on to them. And if you are a kid right now or a teenager you listen to that, Listen to what he just told you, all right? it's There was a lot of power in that message, but take that into your heart and move forward. But before we do, leave, if you have any announcements or anything you want to just talk about that you got coming up, just on, um, you can express that now and also just tell everybody where can find you websites, social media and stuff of that nature as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, um,
1: my foundation is coming, The Imperfect Gentleman, and, and within that foundation, uh, we're going to be providing young men and young women with resources, and, and a lot of opportunities so stay tuned for that the the imperfect gentleman foundation you can check me out on the imperfect gentleman on IG um and on on that page whenever whenever um the foundation is up and running you will be you will have information on that so it's the imperfect gentleman or the imperfect gentleman and that's my IG so just stay
0: tuned yes sir but well, again y'all Y'all tune in. I appreciate you guys. You can also find this podcast at Inherited. That's N-H-E-R-I-T-D podcast on social media platforms. And also follow the main platform at Inherited. Again, that is N-H-E-R-I-T-D. You can find me on social media at SirGatesBC, S-R-R-G-A-T-E-S-B-C. And once again, you guys, this is Inherited Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. I really enjoyed this combo, man. I know for a fact. Somebody going to gain some value from it. It was a pleasure having you here, and thank you for pulling up, man. Man, thank you for having me. It was definitely an honor to be here, bro. Yes, sir. sir. Y'all have a good one. Until next time. Yeah, man. Yo, that was Man,
1: thank you. Thank you. That was powerful.